0: Hey guys, George Mesa, third iEdify podcast, and today I am very excited to bring a guest on that some of you actually already may know from the chats from the Telegram page and uh, from chats of a number of other shows. He always has such great insight and great comments about things that are going on Um, as my Telegram page grew he would start giving us input into all kinds of different things. And I started to slowly find out more about him and what he does. And I'm extremely excited to bring on Meta Soundworks to the show. Welcome. This is a very exciting thing for me to have you on. And Thank you, man. Yes, we, we know more and more information as we started talking privately came out of you know what you used to do. It, it made sense that you used to be an audiologist because you had so much insight into the technical things about sound. And you're also a pretty accomplished musician, as far as I know. So you you have input as far as that, too. And mm-hmm. so much more. So I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, and, thanks um, for having me.
0: Oh, well, of course. No problem. And, you know, I, I, like I, we were kind of joking that this is sort of your reveal to anyone that has seen you, you know, in the chats, for Innerverse and other places. So it is really exciting to have you on like this. And I appreciate you making some time. Thank you. So if you want, you know, maybe give a quick overview of where you're coming from and where you are now.
1: All right. First of all, thanks that I can do this. And indeed, this is my first time appearing on the, on the YouTubes, etc. cetera. Um, where do I come from? I'm a guy from Belgium, Central Europe. I live in this... Uh, epicenter of the globalist agenda here. (laughs) Um, If you had asked me this question two years ago, I would have replied with my resume, with my uh, studies and my hobbies. So maybe I would do this, but kind of differently. Or maybe I just, I just summed them up. I went to the treadmill four times. I studied sound engineering for uh, film and television. First time, but I did not quite fit in there. I changed direction, going to music production. I did conservatory. Um, same thing happened. I didn't quite fit in there. Um, third time, I reskilled myself to become software developer. Not really, really deep into it, but I managed to have some skills on Windows XP. Programming for wind forums, etc. Third time, I didn't fit in there. Um, I went on the search for more things sound related and I found out about audiology. Um, And so at the age of 30, I finally became uh, audiologist. I've done a couple of audiology jobs here and there, here in Belgium, and then... In between jobs of audiology, I also worked for the government sometime in the Justice Department, even for the uh, Belgian Intelligence Agency, even Um, uh, a month or six, I think that was. And then at the end of the last time uh, in the audiology department, I had this gigantic uh, burnout and that was about five years ago. Now, the end of 2018, um, and then I went through the entire medical system. I saw psychiatrists, I saw coaches, the whole shebang, everyone that was pretending to be able to help tried it and, um it it made me go through many dark nights of the soul so to, so to speak and so today i'm in a self discovery process i'm uh, um start i started to search for the truth i am truth seeker by now i'm a self discovery person i am I, I became this sponge for information 2 years ago I cannot count the amount of podcasts or the amount of uh, books that I consumed since. It's, it has opened so many veils for me. It's like, uh, I also spent many hours in the bathtub contemplating. Um, and what should I, what should I, I mention? Um, yeah, three years ago when the pandemic happened. I went to my deepest point. I even got suicidal at some point, but music got me through. I, uh, started to work on uh, remix competitions. Mm. That's why that's where I got my name. Actually, yeah. works. I started to work on remix competitions and I think during all the lockdowns, I made about 70 of them, about 70 remixes oh. of, of songs. Um, At first, I believed everything, so turn back time two years ago, I was this complete zombified walking in line guy that does everything according to the mainstream narrative. But today, I think about every aspect of my life has changed upside down. Uh, The usual things, the family outcasted me, you know, the very hard to find people out here. Here in Belgium, the the majority is still very much uh, believing in the the narrative. And so, yeah, my girlfriend and I, we threw out our television, we stopped watching the news and the rest is history, just like most of your viewers, I guess.
0: You're right to say that actually, because to find yourself in a sort of a reawakening or, you know. You're you're now a card-carrying truther, you know, whatever you want to call that, and that label can be whatever it wants, but the bottom line is you are on a quest for truth, and I think a lot of Definitely. the people that watch this show, oh, I would say so for sure, man, a lot of people that watch this show, a lot of people that watch shows like this are all in the same boat, you know? I think that before we even get to any of this stuff that I have written here, it's it's really worth mentioning over and over and over again that the people that you know, ostracized you from your family or from your friends or your general surroundings, the people that all of us have lost as a result of all this. The thing that is so hard to get across that should be the easiest to understand is that I was just like you. I was just like you. I would watch Neil deGrasse Tyson and wait for his next word. I thought that, you know, all the things that I now know are complete inversions of reality. Like you said upside down, everything's an inversion. Yeah. It's so easy to see now of course if you if you throw away your tv especially (laughs) but um which is commendable but it's where a lot of people it should be the connection point between us and them if there is an us and them but people are choosing to stay on the other side of that line and they're not they're not jumping over unfortunately it may take another event like that but thankfully for you you got as long as they are comfortable as long as they're comfortable, because we're not trying to push anyone in any way or fear about anything. But we just want to see that we're humans too. We were the same way. You know, we just want to mention something that you might want to think about. Right. But you got out before COVID, you got out of the medical system before COVID. A lot of people That's are coming true. from your, um, your standpoint. A lot of the doctors you hear interviewed, they're saying, well, as soon as COVID started, suddenly I realized this and this and, I I started telling people it was time to get out, but you thankfully got out for ahead of time. It was
1: yeah, I actually was already in social isolation before COVID, wow. and I was working on that to 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 get to know people in the surroundings here. Right, and then COVID hit, and yeah, it, right, I should hit the fan. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and you know, one thing we talked a little uh, bit ago, maybe like a week or two ago, and am I right in remembering that you said that there's seven different governments? Here in Belgium, here Belgium.
1: yeah. yeah, One for the Dutch-speaking part, one for the French-speaking part, one for the German-speaking part, one uh, federal government governing the three language linguistic areas, one uh, Senate, um, and then also the European Parliament is here, and I'm forgetting one. Uh, that's That's crazy. It's seven, yes. That's I, I don't really follow politics here. Uh, well, <laughs> these days anymore.
0: <laughs> but you know, um, that proves that you are in Central Europe. I mean, it sounds like it. You know, that's that's unreal. I've never. I, yeah. I had no idea. You know, leave a comment if you did know this or if you didn't, because yeah. I think that's incredible information. I about
1: eleven that. million people, seven right. governments.
0: Seven governments. Oh, that's so. Uh, i have just. I didn't know. I didn't even know it was like that. You know, anywhere. Um. All right. So let's let's kick this off by asking a fairly simple yet totally open question that may even be the very beginning and the very end of this. We'll see where we go. But Mm -hmm. are we as the human species, are we experiencing an amplitude epidemic? Movie theaters, headphones, concerts, car stereos, home theaters. Is everything way louder than it needs to be at all times?
1: I would say yes, yeah, definitely. It, it fits into the harder, better, faster, stronger theme, mm. I would say. Always more, always this feeling of shortage, creating this the, the scared feeling of, let's just turn it up a notch and then we'll be good. Um, wow. Um, there is a, no- a lot of noise pollution, I would say. Also. Right. I, for example, here in the environment, if I go outside, I cannot go outside and be in nature without hearing anything human made. There's always uh, cars or airplanes or something, even in the middle of the forest, you hear uh, human traffic or human. Uh, yeah, so there is a lot of noise here.
0: I agree with the forest, especially around, well, now I'm in new settings. I can get a much farther away from a general highway, but growing up on Long Island, New York, there wasn't really too many options. If you were in a, even deep in a forest, you're, you're hearing cars somewhere, you know, whizzing by. And that's a, that's a very unfortunate thing. I think most people that are watching this can agree that it's hard to get away from that, you know, strictly nature only peace and quiet, you know, true serenity, true, silence, which is something we'll probably end up talking about actually silence and how healthy it actually may be for us (laughs) knowing Uh that we get the opposite all day. But, um, I, I had a particular question. If you're able to answer it about your job as an audiologist, were you, um, or how, I guess I should really ask this way. How were you trained to help people versus, you know, how you knew you could help people? Is there a way to kind of discuss that concept?
1: Yes, um, the, 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 key word is distrust in, in, uh, in that answer. Yeah. Um, I was trained to really distrust my clients. In the beginning I was like, okay, I want to help people. I want to study audiology. I can use all my skills in the, in the sound department and in the music department and help them out. All these poor folks and their, their hearing loss, I can, I can mean something to right. them. That's not what that entire industry is about, unfortunately, um, it's about numbers, it's about generating numbers and it's about, uh, yeah, that's actually more important than, than actually helping clients. Um, I've helped someone here and there, but I was fairly unable to do so because of the procedures and protocols that I had to follow. Um. Uh, I had a protocol for an intake conversation. I had a protocol for um, a sales conversation. I had a protocol. I I couldn't even plan my own agenda. Really? I worked in this store where also glasses were sold. And the, the, the people that sold the glasses, they answered the phone and they made the appointments. So I would arrive in the morning not knowing who my clients would be. I could not prepare. I could not... Yeah, it was... Very disturbing at some point. Um, also I've witnessed a lot of things that are so not okay to do. (laughs) Um, uh, you can look it up the UCL, the uncomfortable loudness level test. Mm. So you measure until they say, okay, it's uncomfortable. Wow.
0: Or, uh,
1: when I was doing. Cause there's, there's two kinds of audiologists. The ones right. are, that are clinical and the ones that are prosthetic. Right. I'm, I became a prosthetic one selling hearing aids and, and stuff to help people hear better. The clinical ones are the ones that go into, that, that, that work in hospitals. Right. And they go do the testing for the nose, throat and ear uh, specialists. Right. And when I had to do that, I, I had to test people for their, uh, balance system. Because the, the ear is also our balance system, our inner to, to, to keep standing up, right. That's the, the, what the cochlea, uh, among other things does. Right. And I had to test them. And, and this one test was, uh, spilling water of a certain temperature in the ear and looking at the result. And often the result would be that the entire room would start to spin for the, for the person, even wow. up until a point they would start to vomit. Like. <sighs> Oh man! And I had to measure these people with this. Uh, how do I, how do I call it? Um, you place it on the head, and it measures the the voltage, or
0: like an EKG so, or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't feel comfortable doing that, especially knowing sometimes they were patients, and they the, the evening before they had been to another department. And right. there was already already a diagnosis. Oh. But yeah, the test was planned in for the morning. So I had to do it anyway so that the specialist could, uh, you know. So these kind of things made me reconsider uh, being audiologist. I tried it for a while, but yeah. wow. Well, and then yeah. there's also something that people don't know about hearing aids. Hearing aids are not just... Amplifiers behind the ear. Hearing aids are little computers They can do a lot more than we think. Mm. Um, the software in a hearing aid is designed to log everything. They are like little surveillance tools. Wow. And so clients came to me and, uh, they have this trial period in, in which they can try their hearing aids for about four weeks. And then they return every week and they come report to me their experience with the, with the hearing aid and I could adjust them and uh, adjust the parameters of the, of the hearing aids. And I was trained to really distrust them. So I had to believe the logs and not believe what they were saying to me. For example, the hearing aids logged the amount of time that they were worn amount of time that they had been watching television listening to radio, being in the car, being in music, being wow. all these kind of sound environments are being recorded and logged and presented to me on the computer screen in, in really nice statistics. So I could see exactly what they had been doing with them just for me to have this. Yeah, how to call it?
0: The power. You have this power over like, yeah, you understood that. Yeah. Wow.
1: I, I was trained to, to believe the me- measurements rather than the client. Right. So I had to, yeah, I had to gather the data, it, it, monitor it.
0: Yeah. I had never heard of that. Is that yeah. worldwide? Do you know if it's just the way that it'll, I would it'll, think so. Yes. I would uh, think yeah. so. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you can adjust parameters though, based on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. The a, a hearing aid is is uh, is something with a, an, an enormous complex software in it, and then there is also applications on the computer, and you can the, the adjust. You can attach the hearing aid to the computer, right? And to the software, and then you can program them with lots of different stuff. Wow! For people to be able to hear, and they're really smart. Actually, they work together. That's that's another thing that blows my mind. <laughs> You have two hearing aids and they're communicating through Bluetooth right through your head.
0: That's actually one of the right? All day
1: long, 24 seven.
0: I I was considering those wireless earbuds that everybody has now as doing the same thing. I assume that they are. I guess so. Yeah. It doesn't sound too healthy.
1: (laughs) I don't think it is.
0: Wow. Okay. So is it common to have both ears with hearing aid or is just one? I, I actually don't know.
1: Mostly it's two. Yeah, the really? sound okay. always arrives at the two ears. If it's one, then there is something weird going on. Most there... then there is some tumor in the brain or uh, some nerve that has been hit or some accident that happened.
0: Uh, yeah. Right. Is there? A, I assume there's fail safes for this, but is there a? Is there issues with feedback and and things like that?
1: Yeah. yeah but that's also in the software. The software right. can at at this point the software can just uh, take out all all that is feedback.
0: Sure. Prevents because that would be It's it's pretty it really, bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, imagine being in a restaurant. Imagine having that was part of my speech that I had, that I had to do to the to uh. the client. Imagine being in a restaurant and you want to speak to the person right in front of you and you want you don't want to hear the rest And that's exactly what two hearing aids can do. They focus on the, on the beam right in front of you. If you turn your head, it would, it would go along and all the rest would get suppressed. Wow. Or if a car would pass by the hearing aid could localize it and diminish the sound of the car and amplify only the speech and all this kind of frequency shifting. And it's a lot of technical, uh, I'm sure things to go through. Yeah.
0: So it is absolutely not just an amplifier at all. No, I can no. see that. Yeah.
1: And then there is the last point I should really mention. Um, I was I was told to do these sales pitches of different categories of hearing aids. Yeah. We have the cheap ones, the middle class, and the upper class. The high tech stuff. Right. Uh, when I five years ago, when I was doing this, they were already connecting. Uh, hearing aids to the cell phones, to the smartphones. So the clients themselves could adjust some parameters. I go to a concert, so I want concert settings. I'm in the restaurant, so I want restaurant settings.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. Wow.
1: And these are really nice things, but why are there different categories of hearing aids? And what was the thing that hit me the most. Mm. The only difference is the software. Right. So Imagine having 200 meters in the high-tech stuff, and then they simply disable half of them, and you have a middle class, and then you disable another half of them, and you have a cheap class. Yep, that's not really helping people, is it? It's like no, on, it's like on being being cheap on purpose. Like it's a business model. It's not, and so that the 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 ones that are not. Able to pay for very expensive hearing aids, they don't get the full package, wow. and I couldn't help them as I wanted to. But
0: right, right, all because of, is, you know numbers. the
1: resolution of the of the software was yeah not good enough to actually help them with the problems they had.
0: Also, wasn't even worth it, is what you're saying, no, right? Yeah. No, no. Oh man, and I assume we wouldn't have had access to this software. It's just for for you to deal with, right?
1: Yeah, only the audio the audiologist, yeah. Only the audiologist.
0: I guess that maybe that's for the best, right? You don't want somebody raising the gain for no reason and then suddenly they step outside and get hit by a bus sound. You know, I I, I can understand that. Yeah. It's still a level of control though. That's... Yes,
1: we we were not allowed in the beginning to give the client control over the volume. Sure. I they it it was a way of making them come back to the store, you know, like I give you this amount of volume now you can go try it for a week and right. after a week you you come back, you are used to it, and I turn it up a little bit more and four times after four weeks yeah
0: i it's my understanding that if you if you were to let's say let's say you your job required you to drive a lot like a truck driver or something you know if you keep the volume down let's say Let's say you blast music for half your life, right? You always listen to everything loud. Like we were saying, the amplitude epidemic that we're kind of almost tricked Mm -hmm. into. Um, If you keep the music down for a week, do you eventually find that to be your, you can hear everything just fine? Maybe not the first day or two, but your ear adjusts and then you can listen to it at a regular level. Is that how the ear works? Or the body, I should say.
1: I shouldn't know. That's a good question.
0: I don't know either. You know, I've tried it. I've tried it consciously because I used to do a, a job that I drove for about two years and I always had the radio on and I said, you know, I know it's loud. I'm just going to try to keep it lower for a week and see if I can. And it was fine. You know, I was able to hear, but it's almost unsatisfying. We're, we're trained to crave more impactful, crazy volume. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's such a crazy thing, you know? And it's so, it's such a simple thing to avoid too, unless you work in, let's say construction or something, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I, I was curious how much or little of this happens now, because you're talking about these UCL tests. These what is it? Uncomfortable loudness, loudness te- level.
1: Un- oh,
0: that's absolutely horrible, man. I had no idea. And then you got people I think vomiting. It's just
1: standard protocol. Yeah.
0: Just standard protocol. You got you're forcing people to vomit. You know, and that's that's shameful. You know. Yeah. Back in the day, like the 80s, especially. I Remember the old hearing tests? You put the cans on, and you would raise your hand at the at the level that you heard.
1: That still happens. That still happens. Are- we are trained to also distrust the person. So we have to not only double, but triple check.
0: Really? I see. Yeah. I see. This, we have to assume that.
1: they lie to us.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we're hearing it from someone who is on the inside now. Yeah. Because you, based on everything that we've seen in the past few years, especially, but before then too, you you assume there's a little bit of that selling you on x-rays or, you know, things that deal with radiation and stuff. And you know, it's not good, but you, I mean, you're, you're trained. These are protocols that you had to follow. This is what you're supposed to say, right? Mm-hmm. What are those frequencies? I always wondered. Like, they're super high-pitched, but they, they had a sweetness to their tone, almost like they were catered for the human ear. What, what, do you know what those beeping frequencies were? But Not the numbers, but were they developed a certain way? It seemed very high.
1: Yes, it's just a, um, a regular interval. We tested the, the 250 hertz, 500 thousand two thousand three four five six and seven thousand i think
0: seven thousand those are
1: those are the standard testing sinus uh, pure sinus tones
0: right you check in the range of your hearing essentially
1: yeah and then the 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 frequencies in between are extrapolated and then you can show them a nice diagram here this is what your test result looks like Mm. and here where it goes down that is where your hearing loss is about and that's what we are going to amplify that's what we're gonna right. We are taught to give them everything they need. So if they have a hearing loss of 80 decibels, we blast their ears 24-7 with 80 or more decibels. Which oh, is man. damaging, actually.
0: I'm sure of it. I mean, geez, man. You know, and speaking of damaging, I have a, this is like a fun side question to all of this, but cotton swabs, what we always call Q-tips out here. Um you're always told, them, don't go in your ear. But mm-hmm. I go in a little bit because I find stuff and I keep my ear whole, clean, you know? It, mm-hmm. What do you know about that? Have you been... Uh, have That's you been about the early?
1: most common asked question to a <laughs> <physiologist. laughs> All right, so <laughs> what and is one the one real the answer? Ask it. Yeah. What is the real answer? The real answer is do nothing. Do not stick anything in your ears. Never. We are not built for placing or putting stuff inside the ear. I never do it. Mm. Um, the Q-tips are not good because, okay, you, you get stuff out, but you also push some to the back Mm. and slowly time by every time you, you pile up earwax and at some point it's filled up, it's closed and it's very deep. So you have to visit a specialist who has to get it, get it out with a little scalpel or. Wow. And then it might might cause damage to your eardrum.
0: Sure. Sure. If the I can see
1: specialist that. moves a millimeter too far.
0: Right. Or micrometer, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wasn't
1: allowed to do it. I wasn't allowed to clean people's ears. I had to send them over to the specialist.
0: Wow. So as in prosthetic versus physical, like you were saying, I forgot the other term.
1: Yeah, I had to send them to a clinical to, to, clinical, to a right. doctor. The, wow. the 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 specialist doctor white coat man had to do it
0: wow man <laughs> um
1: and also something people don't realize about the ear canal is that the inside of it is just skin yeah it's regular skin so it does everything our our skin does you so it's sweat. porous yeah right. you sweat and you have uh, it it's it's it, it changes the temp- temperature um, what else should I say about that? Um, the, the,
0: the... Is that part of how water does not go in when you're swimming underwater? Is that part of the the magic of that because I never knew how that air, that pressure keeps the water out. Is it just pressure
1: yes, there is there is the ear, the eardrum right at the end of the ear canal, right and then there is another uh, I forgot the word in English. Uh, a cavity. There's right. another cavity behind it with the three little bones. Right. And this cavity is uh, ha- has got a tube that goes to the throat and the, the, the Eustachian tube. Right. And there is muscles closing and opening this tube to regulate the pressure on the inside of the eardrum. So when you go underwater, that's what happens. You take... <laughs> You inhale, and there is pressure building up, so that the eardrum is like on a. On a how do you say it? Oppresssiona. Um, it stretched out, so it cannot right. really move, like on a, like on the drum.
0: Right. Yeah. So the drum tightens. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. you're inhaling first, right? That I didn't think of. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad I asked that question. That wasn't part of the thing. That, that's very interesting, man. That's very interesting. <laughs> so I guess you may have a- actually answered this already, but is the medical industry making it very hard for people to actually remedy their hearing problems by your the protocols that you discussed? I'm assuming the answer is yes.
1: Obviously, yes. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. But lately, I'm wondering if such a thing even exists, mm. hearing problems. Right, right. If it's like we we don't hear the noise level of our own bloodstream right somehow our brain knows to ignore it it's there but we don't listen to it and I'm thinking lately I'm not sure of it I should I should investigate some more but I'm thinking lately that um, if you are exposed to a lot of loud frequencies our brain does the same thing just to protect us like if you go to a pub and there is loud music, your body starts to protect you. Mm. It starts to give you signs to get out. Sometimes you get a ringing in the ears, or, or you get uh, this whistling tone, or you can sometimes really feel the pain. In your ear. Yeah, 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 you get
0: pain sometimes.
1: Yeah. So that's to me. It's it's now. If you had asked me two years ago, it would been it would have been an entirely different answer. But right. I think it's the body giving us a sign to uh, the to the overexposure, to the hyperexposure that is happening.
0: The okay. amplitude epidemic, right? It's yeah. it's just everywhere. I mean, there's no place where it isn't too loud. I think, and the way they make the car and home stereos, they're they're really loud. You know, and phones can get pretty loud, and um, some people have earbuds in their ear morning until night, just covering their ear. hole. you know, yeah. is that
1: As, how, asking how for an infection?
0: It's pretty unhealthy because the, cause the skin. sweat
1: cannot get out. You cannot, uh, regulate the temperature or the humidity levels inside the ear. So,
0: uh, right. They're all meant to be done on their own normally and naturally. Right. Yeah. That's a very, I, I didn't think of that actually. That's a very good point. Yeah. And. What, what is it when our ears are ringing? What are we hearing exactly? Where is that tone generated from? I never quite understood that.
1: Um, the way I would describe it, but that's also very medically infused in me. I don't know if it's true. So there is this uh, transmutation happening. Um, first, the, 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 the eardrum moves right. against the, little, the three little bones. The three little bones press on another uh, window, you right. call it, with another membrane, and that's uh, moving the fluids inside the cochlea inside the, the snail house thing. Right. Yeah. The balance inside this snail house there is a membrane that is uh, shaped like the the, the snail right. house. Right. And On this membrane, there are tiny, tiny little hairs that move. And when they move, they release chemicals. Wow. So it's these chemicals that cause electric impulses. And that's how sound goes, transmuted to the brain. And so what I think is that some of these hair cells are being blasted away, are constantly giving off chemicals. And so you hear a constant sound in your brain. Wow. Like, that sounds accurate.
0: Yeah. That, that does explain it in a certain way. Are we talking about the organ of Corti?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, the membrane of Corti. Yeah.
0: The membrane of the, right, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so knowing that that organ takes in different frequencies, depending on how far you are in it, um, if I'm saying that correctly.
1: Yeah. I have first the high frequencies, and then on the top. And, and then below. it gets to the. yeah.
0: I remember it because I did an episode on it, but that was the first time I ever yeah. really studied it. So I want to make sure that I, you know, <laughs> does the ears shape, you know, I have another question that I want to relate to that, but let me ask this one first. Does the shape of our ear, which is so particular, is there, mm-hmm. does it catch sound a certain way on purpose? Is Why is it shaped like this? I always wondered because all the action seems to take place inside. I always wondered about why the shape is what it is.
1: Um, first thing, it's to protect the eardrum, obviously.
0: Really? Right.
1: Um, But I would think the particular shape is because we want to understand speech. Mm. I think the ear shape resonates those frequencies that speech consists of. And then there's also um, uh, the localization of sound. Right. Um, It's only the front to back localization. So if a sound comes in from the back or from the front, we hear the difference. And so we can localize it. Right. Um, we are built a little bit different than animals, I guess. If you, if you watch horses, their ears, their ears turn. Oh yeah. We turn our entire head. So um, we don't need the shape of the horse ear. Right. We can, t- we can turn our head a lot more than, than a horse can, right. for example. Um, what else? The ear shape, um, actually the hearing organ is one of the first things that grows when we are embryonic, mm. when we are still, uh, very, very small. Right. The, the, we are our hearing organ.
0: Wow. I didn't know that, actually.
1: That's the, that's the, 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 the shape of the snail thing. Yeah. It's one of the first things to grow.
0: Yeah. Wow. The so organ of 14, from... specifically?
1: Yeah. So when we, when we are in the womb, we can hear already from the early, early, early beginning.
0: Yeah. That makes the parent the mother's connection even more important. Skin to skin right after birth. Which yep. they're doing their best to avoid in the hospitals, obviously, and it's disturbing, <laughs> to say the very least. Um, very good information, man. You know, uh, these are these answers are very thrilling for me because I've a- I've had these questions my whole life. You know, so <laughs> this okay. is great, and you can look it up, sure. But it's not the same, you know. You have the you have the knowledge through experience and through, well, through actually your career that you had at one point. So that's that's very interesting, man. You know,
1: yeah, it it, it was one thing that drove me to. Study it actually. Yeah. I have been having this absolute hearing going on since I was a little boy. Right. Five five, six year old. I could recognize tones.
0: I had and all tones, I assume.
1: No, not so much. I I, I was taught the, the names of the notes. Right. So that's what I hear when right. I hear a song. And I have problems hearing the lyrics. Yeah. I hear Dore Mi Fasol.
0: Right, right solfege yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: it's a very useful thing to approach as a musician be like oh me ray Do. okay in this key it's uh d sharp c sharp b whatever but th- it's it's interesting how you say that because i me too you know lyrics wise as a bass player i'm always harping on the melody to make sure my line is interacting well with it but not as often as the lyrics not as often i usually have to go back and oh that's what he was saying there you know so that that's interesting That's very interesting, man. I love that, actually. Um, And, you know, now, as I mentioned, tones and overtones, because you can hear overtones if you know how to focus. It's like anything else, you know. Mm -hmm. But people don't seem to acknowledge very much, and I guess I've mentioned this in the past on the show, that there's an entire frequency spectrum of sound. It's not just the 12 notes of Western theory, you know, perfectly separated into 440 hertz. Um, People acknowledge 100% that there's a full spectrum of color. Right, our visual spectrum. They they recognize that there's not just red, but there's all these different reds, endless red, right? Thousands of reds, thousands of yellows, or more. And no one, when we say, "Here's how A sounds in music," people are like, "Oh, great! There's A." There is so many things going on between A and A sharp. Why doesn't anyone seem to acknowledge that? I think we've been trained this way. I really do. To just like, ah, don't worry about it. That's just nothing to see here. It seems that mm-hmm. way. But you as an audiologist have dealt with all frequencies, I'm sure. The full frequency spectrum to rehabilitate with, well, if you want to call it that, with earplugs and ear pieces and stuff, right? Is that is that well, accurate?
1: Yes and no. I I, I only measured the, the, the frequencies I mentioned.
0: Oh, so I the, see. And the in-betweens yeah. came from, oh, okay, wow. Yeah, I in-betweens I
1: never... came from the software, yeah.
0: I see. So, you know... It seems that we just conveniently sidestep. We were talking about the trivium and quadrivium before we uh, loaded up here. It, it seems that any teachings we have have nothing to do with frequency or how that affects nature or how our our bodies and everything around us works regarding frequency. You know, they train right, us to just learn nothing about it.
1: Something that is going on very big in the New Age movement. For the sure. every Everything is vibration. It's like right. Right I mean, it it was also a new concept for me 2 years ago when i woke up to all this reading hermetic texts reading right. uh, everything is vibration okay I, I i have spent many hours thinking about that right and it, to me it feels like this tunnel vision thing also, always centrally imposed uh, one way think narrative thing um, it fits science. It fits the religion of science. Um, sure. And I also think it's something they like to keep secret because if we would know about frequencies, then they would also reveal everything concerning white or black word magic, like if we would know the impact of the words we say actually have deep knowledge of of what what our voice can do uh, during the pandemic for example i watched these politicians and they were so proud of the new words that they invented <laughs> here in belgium
0: oh man i'm sure they
1: were so proud uh, and these new words yeah, I'm, I'm. thinking. Can I name an example? Um, I myself I speak Dutch, and in, in the Dutch language, it's it's very easy to combine two words together. And they that they were doing this constantly.
0: Oh, that must making make a lot of making
1: new words up that are not in the in the dictionaries, just to throw out and have people act on it. Sure. And and everybody gives their own uh, uh, version of what the meaning of that word should be. And so you saw all these crazy things happening suddenly. And they all did this by speaking a handful of new words. Yeah.
0: I see. That makes perfect sense, man. I know Germany is known for that, two combining words, yeah. two, three, four words in one, right? Yeah, so it's it's a Central Europe thing, perhaps.
1: Maybe or just uh, um, a strategic thing they use to manipulate folks. Yeah,
0: that's a good point because you know, yeah. when I was uh, in music college and singing, we certainly sang our fair share of German, obviously, and it it wasn't as common, but there were times there were times when there was a it was a double word, you know, and it. But when you're singing, it's not the same, obviously. People always picture, you know, for example, German as this very guttural, you know, it sounds like when Hitler talks, but when you sing it, it's pretty beautiful, actually. I really thought it was a wonderful language. I really do. And um, it's funny how the perception gets lost when you're singing. Like, did I just say two words at once? You don't know, especially if you don't know the language and you're just singing it. You know, I can read German. Great. I don't know what I'm saying. You know, I can phonetically read it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's really this point may make sense now in the, in the flow of the conversation, there's just more of everything. Like you said, bigger, better, faster, right? I actually remember this band three non-blondes was really popular in the nineties and they had an album called bigger, better, faster, more. And it was about, you know, take a birth control pill and, you know, live your life like a crazy person. And it was really, they were popular for just a quick little moment. But right after that is when things seem to just escalate into craziness leading right up to the early two thousands. And if that, that things like that can actually set off the public mindset. But there's so much of everything. And the way to label that in this conversation is that the frequency of everything is higher. There's more of everything. And when frequency rises and rises and rises, eventually you can't hear it anymore. And I'm just wondering if that's one of the ways that we're blinded to everything. Increase the frequency of everything, you know?
1: Yes, and also at the low end. I mean, all these... Um professional equipment, they have a cutoff at 20 Hertz. Right. Why I've been wondering why cannot, can't we produce one to 20 Hertz? Right. What's what's up with that? Like they do it at festivals. Sure. The, the, the festivals, the volume got so loud lately. Also here in Belgium, the, the Tomorrowland. You ever heard of it? I have.
0: Band? I'm not I'm not too familiar with it, but I've definitely heard of it.
1: It's it's a couple of cities far away, but I could hear it. Wow. Night. Here, I could even A couple hear of cities the... away? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> you heard it? Oh my god. Yeah.
1: So there has to be some kind of low end to it for the voice sure. to, to travel so far. Right? So It's like they have monopoly on the on the low on the band? low stuff. And also on the high stuff. I mean, certain radio frequencies we cannot access. They're for the military. They're for the... Right. Yeah.
0: Very good the point. These radios. Very good.
1: So there, There is some monopoly going on on the, on, on the frequency scale. Um,
0: <laughs> it, it seems like it. It seems like it. I mean, that kind of answers my next question. Um, is there a frequency war on the entire human population? I, I think there is in so many different ways, you know. It seems like you're proving it with the answer to every one of these questions too. Right down to the you know, you'd be the person people go to trust about the hearing aid and then you can't even give your honest opinion. That proves it right there. You know, yeah. you were you were conscripted to say certain things. You were conscripted yeah. to a script, you know, and you had to say it. Yeah. And uh it's Exactly. The frequency can easily be a weapon and like you said words can really affect you to the point where you vomit just like you your some of your patients used to right you can you can really hurt somebody with your words even if you just met them the way you say something or the way the word is pronounced you know it the tone that you use or your body language you know matching the words all this can really go a very long way and i think that one of the smartest things about the way propaganda is made like propaganda videos let's say like those old wartime videos is it's the way that they talk. It's the music that they put in it. It's the exact images that they show. It's the way the camera pans to make you feel like you're there. So much goes into it, but frequency can actually be the deadliest and the most effective of all of this. And maybe they're hiding the highs and the lows. Maybe they're hiding it in all the digital music that we have. Who knows?
1: They used to hide things in, in video, like Little Starbucks cups flashing,
0: mm, right, or, right,
1: or, or, or these kind of things. Um, why not in sound? Yeah, why not? Uh, one thing I know is that they have been experimenting in supermarkets, right, with uh, aiming sound like a laser, mm. and then uh, having people tracking people where they are in the in the supermarket and aiming a personalized beam of sound at them that whispers words, like, <laughs> buy this, buy that. Right. Shouldn't you eat ice cream right now? Don't you crave some ice cream? You know? So I, I know they have been experimenting with that. There are some MIT uh, uh, papers on that. But if they are actually using it, I don't know. It it seems, like, very hard to pull off. It and would that's, have to be. Many, many of those things, they, they have all these nefarious plans. Most don't work. Most don't work out. Like Everything can be weaponized, but literally everything, but are they succeeding in it? I don't know.
0: Well, whether or not not they're like, yeah, well, that's a very good point. You know, if we're about to win the chess game, if everyone can see that the chess game is about to end, they're certainly prolonging that final move as much as they possibly can knowing that they're going to lose. And we can only hope, of course, that that is truly what's happening because it feels like it. You know, the general feeling is that.
1: Yeah, to me, it feels all this data gathering, all this uh, controlling people. It's just the scared elites that are afraid to be exposed, that they had never any power to begin with.
0: Sure, sure. And maybe this information set that they have now, the Internet of Things is they're like, well, we have this, and everyone's going to say, well, so what? Yeah. We have each other, and you got nothing, you know? Let's, let's hope. We can only hope.
1: One thing that proves that to me is that they are on this endless loop of data gathering. So the only thing they do is being in the first stage of the Trivium, mm. the, the grammar stage. Right. You ask the questions, who, where, when, and what. That's the first step of the Trivium. But then you have to answer the why with logic. You have to feel, you have to spot the contradictions in it. And that's not part of what they present to us. And it should be because if you are going to the rhetoric phase, if you're going to answer the how question, then you also need to know why things happened. Non-contradictory or you're not speaking the truth.
0: Or it's not truth. That's right. So if you
1: read newspaper articles or, or things uh, that are presented to you, to you just by the data of it. Then there is no truth to it because it's not complete information. Right. So that's the, that's the thing that proves to me that this, all this data gathering will be successful, uh, unsuccessful in the end. They, they, they sh- should add the, the why they should add the, the, the logic and the, wow. the yeah, the the middle part of the trivium.
0: <laughs> right, the second they didn't get to the second step. They're nowhere near the rhetoric. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. You know, and the the AI revolution that is many decades old. That some people think just started last year. Um, that's how they're claiming to get to these whys, You know, taking the information and turning it into something. I don't see it happening. It's running off binary code. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have anything else.
1: It's just raw data. It's just, just raw data. The the first step, and that's it. It's it not, really is. It's, that's in, incomplete oh. truth so to speak.
0: Well, this is one of the most important things we've talked about. This might be the most important thing that we've said all day. This is, it's very nice. Actually. It's almost reassuring, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, that's there. We know they're doing it. Otherwise people wouldn't get the advertisements on their phone that have to do with everything they talked about yesterday. You know, they're clearly doing it, but that's all they're doing. Yeah. It, it really is a fear. It's out of fear. It's out of worry. And it's a, it seems like a last resort of sorts.
1: Yeah, it's like what I mentioned that I had to distrust folks. I didn't know why. Why should I distrust them? Right. So the why was, was not there.
0: It works every time, doesn't it, the Trivium? Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And it's yeah. still, as we said before we jumped on, it's incredible how little people still know about it. But it's just like the frequency spectrum. People aren't even aware of frequency and what nature is. And people don't even know what the trivium is. And if you were classically trained, not musically but education wise, you you knew all of this. Mm-hmm. People that were not musicians knew more about how music works than most people that are, you know, play music. And that's a big part of why it's a struggle for me as a music teacher. the kids, certain parents want to see a certain thing in a path of the teaching. And then suddenly, They can read okay if they practice enough but they have no idea what's going on or what they're doing and they can play all the chords they want but they can't they don't even know how the chord functions or how it spells or what it's supposed to do they can just do it it is much like this trivium problem they don't even know the why or the how
1: yeah
0: and that's and that's why i do my best to avoid it when i'm teaching yeah that's very
1: much like the point you you usually say that there's no ending to things yeah The end is missing. Things are not completed. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. Or they jump to the end before getting any other information, and it's the most unsatisfying thing. And it feels good to them, but that's the nature of social media and stuff that may have pushed that. But that's a, I think that's a conversation for another day, perhaps, because you
1: know, (laughs) that's a very deep uh, rabbit hole. (laughs) Right,
0: that's another. That's a whole other thing. So you know, uh, were you using Napster when it came out back in the day? you know, late 90s, early mm. 2000s? Are you aware of what it was?
1: The I, I, Yeah, I was aware, and I used the second version, the LimeWire thing. LimeWire, the, yes. Yeah, the, the other ones, yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember, yeah, yeah, LimeWire. Torrent thing and,
1: and, and open yep. source ideas, yeah.
0: Which yeah. are still pretty valid. Torrents still happen, I mean, come on. Yeah. But it's just all of a sudden, everything was streaming, you know? And um, they took away our access to or at least our perceived access to physical copies of things. And people started very quickly just getting one song and not even knowing that there was an album or not even knowing who the artist was. They would just have a song. I love this song. Who sings it? I don't know. I actually heard that the other day from a student. I want to play this. I'm like, oh, okay. And it was, you know, unfortunately, it was pretty lame. And I said, okay, well, where? what is this? It's like, I, I don't know. They didn't even know what it was. They didn't even know the name of the song. They kind of like had an idea what they knew a lyric. So I was able to find it from the lyrics. They knew like one lyric, one phrase. They didn't even know that. had no idea. It was a cover. They didn't know any of that information, you know? And that I'm finding that very much lately. It's unfortunate. But I mean, that feels like it was part of the plan. As far as, you know, you will own nothing and be happy. Music kind of helped us move along, I'd say. And eventually streaming with videos and stuff, too. Don't bother buying DVDs. But people stopped buying CDs very quickly, I think. And the yeah. price of them jumped up. They used to be about $15 Take, by taking me. Taking
1: away the material aspect of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. And the and the fidelity overall, definitely. There's yeah. no denying that. I mean, obviously. Listening even... to
1: mp <laughs> Do you hear the artifacts? I do.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. It's ugly, man. It's ugly, yeah. you know. And... It's funny but like we're they preventing how we control hearing our own music. When you go to use like Apple Music or something, where's the EQ level control? Where is it? You got to dig deep to find it and it's not very extensive. They give you know, you get what you get. And I it must be even easier to hide things now. As far as the frequencies you mentioned or anything else, I mean what what could be hiding in these digital copies, man? It's scary to think about. There must be a lot because subconsciously it can't just be a rap song that drives people to do things or some pop song. There's got to be hidden stuff in there, just like you were saying when they focus that beam and get you to buy you know, whatever they want you to yeah, tell you.
1: maybe. Yeah, it could be. I've never heard it. I've never actually it seen could, that, that in the metadata there is something that they are streaming to our ear that right. is whispering something we should do. I don't know.
0: It's, it could be anything. It could just be yeah. a certain... Overtone controlling or two frequencies that shouldn't be together—that they know about—that's just there and you don't know it's there. And it could be doing anything. Who knows? And if your headphones are on all day, that's all you're getting. You know, I mean, this... if you
1: mention dissonance, then right, our our body would crave for resolution. Right. So if you present people with dissonance, for example, in a store, then they might be more. Obliged or feel obliged to buy stuff to satisfy themselves. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: Oh yes. It's a new a new, te-
1: <laughs> a new theory to me.
0: <laughs> no, but that's that's I think dissonance governs most of our lives in general. Because without dissonance, musically speaking, there's nowhere to go. You're stuck on the tonic, you're stuck on the ionic pillar. There's nowhere else to travel. You travel in music, you come back home eventually, just like you tell a story. You get to the climax, you make your way back, and most stories end where they started. It's just kind of the way it goes. There's a resolution. You leave your comfort zone, you come back. And dissonance guides us in our lives, and this this could be no different. This dissonance, unresolved dissonance, or what could be called unprepared dissonance, musically, it, it could very easily keep people in a state of stress, at the very least. And it might make junk food more appealing, for example. I still see huge lines outside of fast food.
1: Yeah, Huge. the the the
0: FOMO, the fear of missing out thing. Uh... Wow! Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It 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 is. It, it's actually a fear, as opposed to it being just a luxury. I'm missing out on this thing. I can't do it tonight. No big deal. Now it's like a fear. Like I don't want to be left behind. That the next time I talk to my friends about the stuff I didn't see, or whatever. Oh, it's crazy, man.
1: Um. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking of these real crazy things that happen out here. I, I often see here down in the road, people wearing these earbuds, right? And they are standing on an electric step, right? So, and these electric steps—that's something new hmm. from the from the fifteen-minute city idea. Oh, I see. So you have a step, and it goes as fast as a, a, a small motorcycle. Ah, it's electric, so you can right. really give some power to it, and they are standing on it on it. Going at bike speed, right? Looking at their phone, not not even looking, uh, and then scrolling through all this. uh, Yeah, you dubbed it short forum entertainment.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right.
1: And they're, yeah, it's it, it's so weird for me. I would never do such a thing. Like, go stand uh, totally unprotected. No helmet, nothing. Nothing, yeah. No helmet. Good point. On their slippers, even sometimes, just covering their ears, not giving attention to the traffic or whatsoever to the cars, just racing through it like crazy. On, on, yeah. Wow, man! You know that is and the goal of the
0: fifteen minutes a year. In, in right. the
1: in the fear of missing out on the things that are happening on their smartphone. Yep. it's very weird to see. So, and then they are also consuming a lot of energy because they have to charge these electric steps. They are... And, and they are programming themselves sure. mindlessly. It's like, yeah.
0: Yeah, that goes back to the high frequency of things. There's Everything is such high frequency that, you know, even in 10 minutes, there's millions of posts of new things. People catching something that no one else did. Citizen journalism left and right, right? Sometimes not by citizens, but it's really overwhelming i guess in the end but most importantly is it's preserved unless it's something that goes against the narrative and gets shut down and you got to use the way back machine to find it you know if you missed it you can go check it out in 10 minutes just wait till you go to the bathroom or something you know it'll be waiting for you usually i guess the cell phones really promoted that you know when the phone rings or the beep or and the i was gonna say beepers when the phone rings or when the text comes in, you know, everyone's just constantly, even people that don't have their phone on them all the time in the front of their face, they still like, they're always just, even if it's just to check the time, they just feel like they have to.
1: To me, that's a true pandemic, the smartphone pandemic.
0: That's the biggest one. I think you're right. You're right. It's the easily the one that's affected us the most without a question. Yeah. I, (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) it hurts. It hurts to even think about it. And, and speaking of pain, what was up with those bass boost buttons from all these? Did you have those back in the 90s, 2000s? Every every stereo had a bass boost yeah. on it.
1: And it didn't. It, make, make it makes it... me think of this story where the. A, a, a sidestep. Um, yeah. Where, where, where the women were given pancake mix. Have you ever heard the story of the Betty's pancake mix? No. So they were given pancake mix, and they felt really bad about not doing anything because the only thing they had to do was add some water, right? And you had good cakes. You could they they. So when the husband came home, they they didn't really have to to put some work in, and so they stopped buying it because they felt guilty. What did they do? They took out the eggs, and they made this little recipe on the back of the, of the box saying, okay, now you need to not only add water, but also an egg. Mm. And that was enough for them to feel like, okay, we have at least done something. (laughs) (laughs) And that made them already also buy the, the, the cake mix. And it's a similar thing now with the bass post button, I think, or with the treble knob, right? you have this tiny amount of control, which is not a lot, it's just some frequencies that are boosted or are diminished, but you get the feeling of being able to adjust it to your liking. And so you are tricked into feeling that you are putting effort into something, but actually it's like a a tiny drop on a hot plate.
0: Good point. It really isn't much at all. And, you know, for considering what it's called, yeah, there was a a boost in bass, but it wasn't a desirable one at all. Yeah. And it would just make everything very muddy and hard to hear.
1: So something other I could tell about bass is the, um, the reason why male voices sound more, um, uh, I wouldn't say better, but more relaxed or more easy to listen to Mm. and female voices is because of the bass. Um, if you think about the overtones, the, the, the fundamental frequency of a male voice is much lower. And so the, the overtones, they, they double and they triple. Right. And they're, they are spaced very wide apart on this, uh, cochlear membrane. Right. Organ. Uh, a female voice has a, a higher pitch and the, the doubling of these sounds are spaced much closer to each other and is therefore um, much compli- much more complicated to listen to. Wow. There is much more work to do to listen to high frequencies than to listen to low frequencies. Also our vowels are low frequencies. Right. And the the one thing that, uh, makes us, uh, understand speech or the high pitched tones and those sort of the high consonants, especially the, the transient ones, the, the very short ones. So if you want to get people to uh, stop communicating, you give them a lot of low sounds, especially in a very predictable way, in a very predictable, um, manner, like German techno or anything that is just a four, four beat with much, much low end to it. And so you are actually programming to be lazy and to not do the effort to understand speech or to not do the effort to distinguish sounds on the, on the, on the high end. So uh, that also plays a part in there, I think.
0: That is sound advice as as the show is going to be called um wow man it, I, it actually might be more stressful on the body and, and, and overall in a good way of course good stress good productive stress to to generate to um take in and generate a response to these higher frequencies yeah that's that's incredible i also found them more piercing when i was in a room with a flute player once very very tiny practice room and you know i was we were playing just messing around and That flute really hurt my ears, you know? And bass should hurt more. The orchestral bass drum, that humongous thing, that can Mm -hmm. mess with your ears if you're closed. You better be careful. But the flute can really rock you, man. It can knock you out. As you know, it can make you vomit. You know, it's high frequencies can hurt.
1: There is this rule. Um, I forgot it. Um, I think it was 85 decibels Mm. for... Was it eight hours straight? And then you get, get hearing loss already. Really? And then every three decibels that you go up, the time diminishes by half. So if you... Half? To... Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Three decibels higher is half the exposure time to get hearing, uh, hearing damage. Wow. And the funny thing is, here in Belgium, regulations are... For workers to, who work in the industry, if they're exposed to loud sounds, the, the employer has to provide hearing protection if it's 85 decibels or higher. Wow. That's great. But in China, right, it's 75. Wow. So who is right?
0: Better safe than sorry, I guess, right? I mean, yeah. 75 is the winner here, I'd say.
1: So here... People are allowed to have a certain degree of hearing loss if, mm. if they work in an industry, industrial environments, and yeah. Wow, it's part of the sales, which is part of the the, the the business model, I think. Wow, I didn't know
0: that either. That's that's crazy, man. You, you know, I I should throw this into a if you know anything about it, there's the whole new lossless audio and Dolby Atmos. Does that play into this conversation at all? I mean, is it even usable? Is it a marketing ploy? Is it something worse? What What is it? I I can't seem to really get a big difference for me personally.
1: One thing I experienced was visiting um, concerning Dolby et cetera. I was visiting a gigantic music studio here in Belgium. Yeah, one of the largest ones. Cool. Um, it was this. Very nice structure. Uh, the, the entire building was standing on springs. Wow. So you could have an entire orchestra in there. Right. And then there was the window and the thing they showed was you, you could, there could be a truck passing by. You wouldn't hear it. Ah, so it was completely isolated from any vibration because the entire building was standing on springs, but the thing there was. Most of the time, this building was standing empty. Right. It was way too expensive to, right? there were famous Hollywood, uh, stars that, that rented the place Right. right? And, and, and very, very large bands could afford this studio. Uh, so the owner was quite bored. He, he had this million. Euro project and finally it was there and he was very proud of it, but it was standing empty for most of the time. So what was his idea? Uh, he was going to develop the new sound standard hmm. and he was developing the 10.1 surround Right thing. He was doing the Dolby thing with the 5.1, but he was doubling it up. Wow. One. Once five speakers in the ceiling and right. once five speakers on the floor to have an extra, to add an extra dimension to sound, to to add height in sound, imagine movie theaters, right? Uh, adding 10.1 sound. And he actually was doing this, but I think it was, I, I couldn't help, but notice that it was a thing just to inflate his ego or something.
0: Maybe, right.
1: Just to. Get out of his boredom to, <laughs> like to you gotta do something <laughs> to, feel, to feel this power, to feel this I, I want to be the one that standardizes everything. Or, right. So th- there was nothing more than that behind it. Wow. It, 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 the, the studio was empty, he was um yeah, he was bored. So he he he, he experimented with these kinds of things. That's crazy, man.
0: Yeah. And, but even with the Atmos and all this other stuff, like, yeah, maybe he was bored. Maybe it was something cool. Maybe not, but who's noticing, you know, most people don't get to notice or appreciate any of this stuff. And there's a big budgets for some of these things to happen. So when suddenly everything's lossless and Dolby Atmos everywhere, and I keep seeing people like you and other experts saying that it doesn't even do anything, what, what, what exactly is going on? I mean, it's only going to happen with digital music. It's not like a CD thing, I assume. So, no
1: it can be. Uh, you need six speakers.
0: It doesn't have, right. So a no matter f- what and
1: a fairly <laughs> large one for the bass. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So most people aren't even getting it anyway. It's it's almost useless. Yeah. A lot of the smart TVs at first, a lot of the, you know, newer LCDs and whatever happened before that 15-20 years ago, they had 1080p, but most things didn't support 1080p. So it didn't matter. And there's the same thing. Even if Yeah, I have a 1080p TV. That's great. What do you watch with it? Oh, regular old television. You know, it doesn't, you don't get it. So no matter yeah, what, it's even the video same games. Same thing
1: with the 3D television.
0: Exactly. How many, how about, often About are you... 10
1: years ago and there were like maybe 100 3D movies in total. And then.
0: It's a very small number. <laughs> it's a very small number. <laughs> Man, so.
1: You know, maybe just be or... some some bored guy that wants to, again, make some money of, of, of uh, new ideas. Yeah. And then, yeah.
0: It seems like it, you know, but it's, and Dolby's one of those names you don't realize that you know really well. You know, they're on the beginning of all these movies that you've seen over the years. They're everywhere. They seem to be like the only one in their class. And then they do this. They don't, companies like this don't usually flop, you know. Windows doesn't usually flop it's just not not something that these companies do you know they make something that everyone gets to ingest so they it's just and more on this with you know the progression of the way this show and many other shows go i'm sure there's more to discover here cuz it's pretty new but we'll see it's just popping up everywhere all of a sudden and it's just one of those things you know just one of those things to keep your ear on the ground for
1: the the, the anecdote i told you about of uh, the 10.1 yeah. surround thing was back in 2004
0: oh, really Wow! Yeah. Oh wow!
1: That was when I was in the sound engineering college, and we visited the studio. Wow! Because
0: I know that some people were trying to do like a three D, four D sound thing, the way they set their speakers up on the stage and stuff. But I don't really think it came to fruition for the whole crowd. I mean, it's you got to have it in the crowd. Everyone, you almost do. You think that you have to experience it one person at a time? Does a crowd really get to experience it?
1: Yeah, it's just like in the movie theater. There's oh, yeah. only one. Seat that is the exact equivalent right, of the everything. sound engineer seat. The X and the Y meet was... up, right? Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's a very good point. So there is yeah. only
1: one person in the entire cinema that is getting the sound that the sound engineer mixed, and and that that were on the ears of the sound. Engineer. Oh,
0: do classical amphitheaters do a better job?
1: Maybe I wouldn't know. I, I, I haven't so. been into many. You
0: know, I have and. Very often, the first thing I do, if I'm there early or, you know, in college, we had an outdoor and an indoor one. So I would go there and we would find there's this one spot that you could clap and we go right in this one spot. So that was that spot. Anywhere else you stand, it doesn't work. So yeah, that, that's perfect. Whenever you see the diagrams of how to set up your speakers, there's a guy sitting in a chair and there's these speakers and there's these little cones of sound coming at him and he's in that one spot. And that's where you should you know put your microphone when you're recording and stuff like that. So you're wow, I didn't I didn't even think of it actually, but one person gets it.
1: Yeah, let's let's tie this to the sound of silence. Let's let's say the phase the difference between the speakers. Right. So if you're not in the in the sweet spot, certain sounds are canceling out because there's the same sound coming off of, of different speakers, and maybe the face is altered and right. you don't hear them. You don't even hear them.
0: You actually miss out on stuff, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Right, yeah, because that this is the notion of phase cancellation, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I essentially, if to, to simplify it as much as possible, plus one meets minus one. Is that the easiest way to quickly describe it? As yes. far as the waves, yeah, like one. Yes, double. I
1: would think so. Yeah, for for peri- periodic waves.
0: For periodic yeah. waves, right. Yeah. Now we're dealing with seconds and man-made seconds. I mean, is that even, how do we, how do we, how do we broach this topic? It's very tough.
1: (laughs) I've been pondering a lot of it. I'm
0: sure, man. Yeah. You know, it's like as hard as defining the word rhythm or the word frequency. It's very hard to define it, you know, Uh, and the the nature of frequency. We know what frequency is, but these are hard things to define, you know? And it, it's tough to come to an official decision on seriously, like look up rhythm. There's so many definitions for rhythm in any dictionary. I have several music dictionaries. They're all different, long definitions and not five different definitions. It's one long definition for rhythm. It's hard to describe. And I always ask the students no matter what. And they're always like, I know what it is. And I said, I know, you know what it is. This isn't a pass or fail question. I just want to see what you say today. Everyone says something mm-hmm. different. What rhythm is there are so many aspects of rhythm, but. Again, what they, do they
1: say mostly,
0: they usually just say, it's like, they do this. They're like, it's, 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 you, you, you play and, and the timing is good. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Time, time is right. Rhythm moves through time. It's just okay. We're reading, you know, when you read music, you're reading time technically. Yeah. Good. That, that's, it's interesting, man. It's, <laughs> but what about it being currently based on the man-made second, you know? How do you feel about that? What, is there something else to add to that? It, does it, can it change? Or should we leave it as is? It's okay. Not uh, good or bad. Um, you know, just curious.
1: Interesting that I encountered was the Vedic timekeeping mm. um, based on the, on the sun and the moon. Right. Cycles. Um, yeah. Um, we don't know exactly how fast the sun spins. But we define it relatively like right sunrise sundown that's a day if you really look at it in summer days are longer and in winter days are shorter so there's no exact there's no exactness to the period of a day so why would there there be an exactness to the period of a second right and i think that that might be the case um that we are Uh, also remembers me of uh, my girlfriend My girlfriend just started to learn music. She, right. She's she's a real beginner at it, and she she didn't understand the the notion of the interval between two notes. Right. It's also t- uh, something generic. It's something relative that happens. There are two notes, and there's this we call it a distance. Distance we call it. Right. But it's something, she couldn't place her finger on it, on, on, on what it was. Like, to me, that feels like the same, like, how long is a second? Right. It depends on the stance of the sun and the moon.
0: So, right. Yeah, you don't look up at the sky and say, it's 1247 and 0.28 seconds. You know, you can't do that. But you can you can judge other factors of time, perhaps the whole nature of your time is worth this much as a working slave, taxpaying slave. Perhaps that has a lot to do with it. Perhaps they were prepping us for that. For example,
1: if you go to read the Wikipedia on frequency, yeah. um, The definition there is of a second is something like there is this, I don't know the name of it, but there's this, this, uh, this uh, chemical element Mm. that has a, it's a weird number a very weird number that has a period of change and that is defined as it's as a second if i can mm-hmm. remember correctly when it goes from one state to the other this particular chemical element then that's what we call a, a second and i was like why and it's like they are doing this on purpose like who can measure this right a, a, a regular <laughs> person on the street okay who can measure the 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 change of one particular atom in, in its appearance, like.
0: Is it's... that the atomic clock? Is that what that is? Or is that more of the, I don't I remember. Don't if yeah.
1: I, I just remember scrolling through the Wikipedia the other day. Um...
0: Interesting. No, that's, that's worth adding. I mean, really, dude, we're, you know, we're really hitting on a lot of amazing topics here, considering how varied they have been to, to from just anatomy in general. Yeah to how the body works in certain ways that are usually a pretty big mystery for people to all of these different thoughts about the way things are controlling us possibly and other things. But um, the, one of the last points I wanted to bring up is that I remember very particularly when the, when those Korg um, keyboards started coming out and people were kind of recording on them, making their own music within the Korg workstations and, and you could quantize your rhythm. Which simply means that if you're playing in a if you're trying to play a certain steady time, if you weren't so steady, you could actually set it up to listen to your recording and equalize it perfectly with the seconds or with the time that you wanted it to be sixteenth mm-hmm. yeah. notes, eighth notes. so you took That's away the I like
1: program music yeah.
0: right. well, I mean, I mean you're especially the way I heard one or two of the you know you were reimagining some other old things and that, that it was cool, you know th- there's a place for it, of course, there's a place for it but i don't think a, um i don't think the place for it is in a, a rock band or a jazz band or anything like that that's or a classical symphony where you can quantize the rhythm or you can pitch correct the music uh, the singer let's say you know but that's it people would always say oh well that's what everyone does you got to do that that is not what everyone does at all you know it's just what some people do the popular people that have all the big money and and reach mm-hmm. billions of people and make you know maybe make some money as long as they play ball, of course. It's false to say the least, you know? And I, I wonder if it's just like a false reality on top of a false reality. Everyone seems to be quite aware that the music industry has been pushing some pretty evil stuff for a while in the same level of Hollywood, let's say. But there's also this level to it where you might, even if each person that recorded the album is a human, they may be robotically controlled, mechanically manipulated afterwards, digitally destroyed i should say and quantized and pitch corrected and um it it, does this lead to in finality here does this lead to how people watch the news you know that's a construct too you don't know that the people that are talking to you are standing where they're standing you don't see behind the camera when people are clapping and stuff you don't even know if there's anyone there and i wonder how much of an overlap there is here with our perceived reality of what we hear and our perceived reality of what we see. It's so easy to manipulate all of these things. And I can only hope that more and more people believe this to be true because it's not that it's a guess or a... I I mean, it's pretty well known that this is fact. This is the way things work. We're dealing with studios that produce images and sounds for people. And I just wonder, what do you think? You think there's an... I know that was a big loaded thing, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You ended there with the exception as exception of fiction that is, is fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it makes me think of the, the ITPRA theory of David Huron um, yeah. where you have this impulse and then you have a, a, a reaction to it. First, the tension builds up then you have a reaction to it and then you have the appraisal. And I think if we are quantizing everything, our prediction responses are very satisfying. You can easily predict the future, something which we Mm -hmm. humans cannot do normally, but if we are keeping time exactly, we can, so we are are made to feel good by this music, we are made to feel, um, you're brought out, out of center. We are focused on the future and we are predicting the future and we are succeeding in predicting the f- f- future. So it feels good. It, it's it's like um that's the first thing that comes to mind. And then the second thing is the quadrivium again. Um you know you have the the, the math, the geometry, the music, and the astrology somehow i feel it's keeping everyone in just the math or the geometry thing away from music and away from astrology if you just quantify everything then you 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 are not asking the questions what's the sequence right that's exactly what we are what we what we should ask in the quadrivium um if we if you mention music, if we study music, we, we we should ask the question, what's the sequence and try to find, um, contradictions in there. But people don't do that, especially people that are not musically trained, especially people that are simply relying on somebody else that produced a beat that is very predictable, right. asking questions. So they are just. Kept in this I wouldn't say low level way of thinking but they're not thinking for themselves they're they're only asking the quen- the question how much they're only asking the mat- the mathematical side of it they're not asking some are asking what's the forum right but um, so all this quantizing that is going on yeah it it, it it's the same reality, but you don't look at it through the entire quadrivium. You just use the first or the first two uh, parts of it and you keep away from, from everything that is rhythmic and, and, and because that's already done for you. Like you're being catered with it and you don't have to be putting the effort in there to, to, think for yourself and to really check if it's true or not.
0: Well said. Really, I think this is, these are words to live by, man, and and things to look into if you're unfamiliar with the quadrivium and the trivium. But um, I would say a nine to five, Monday through Friday, where you work the exact hours that your kids go to school, that is as quantized of a rhythm as possible. That is not how life is supposed to work at all. And the sun and the moon prove it by having different, you know, periods over different parts mm-hmm. of the year and their cycles. So, you know, just if there was anything to leave this with, after all that we've said, we've really talked about a lot here is that, you know, fight the quantization, avoid it. Rhythm is supposed to be elastic and, you know, mistakes musically are supposed to be beautiful and, and taken to heart and, and, you know, placed into the, the recording.
1: The joke there is when I'm programming music, and I'm really quantizing it. Yeah. They they now added a humanized knob. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's not quite on tempo. It's not right. A...
0: Oh my god, that's um, I didn't know that actually. I didn't hear that. That's, that's... many
1: of the software synthesizers have a humanized knob. That's oh, so amazing. So you can humanize it a little.
0: Oh, that'll give me something to think about for sure. Really, it's. <laughs> well, you know, I I don't know if we could add to this. This has really been a very well-rounded and stimulating conversation for anyone that, that heard this. I hope that they got as much out of it as I did. I learned a lot today. And mm-hmm. after writing all these questions out, I didn't even know, you know where this path would take us. But I can't possibly thank you enough for making the time. I think it's been awesome to, again, we're kind of revealing you to people that are already familiar with your name and see all the very interesting things that you have to say. Mm-hmm. you know, during the shows that we, that me and a few other um, people have, it's, it's wonderful. And I yeah, really it's, appreciate it.
1: It's a, it's a, a great experience for me too. Like past two years I've been reading books. I've been going over podcasts. I think I, I must've seen like a thousand podcasts or something Yeah, in two years time. So I gathered all this data in the, in the grammar stage. I've been pondering so much on it and I now feel ready to share some of it. I feel I've gathered enough knowledge. It's been enough. It's like, don't give me a new mystery school to look at anymore. I know, I, know. <laughs> I now want to share this knowledge and yeah, it's a great way of doing this. I'm very grateful that, grateful that I could could be doing this with you here.
0: Of course, of course. I consider you a friend and this has been really wonderful for me and um, There is always that idea of taking a lot in and, and of course you want to do that to gain and to grow and to make up for lost time, you know, not bothering studying anything for years cause you're a, cause you're a quantized labor slave. But now um, it, it is good to come to let that aside for a bit and maybe not read five books in a month and just, just relax and let it all digest. Because like I tell a lot of my students, if you cram for a song the night before, You know, you need a few nights of sleep for the muscle memory to really settle. You can't just, you know, you can't, most people can't just do that. So there's always much to know and much to learn. And, um, I, again, I can't thank you enough. I think it's been really awesome. And this is not the last time we will have you on this show. That's for sure.
1: I hope so. I was about to say it. I hope I can return.
0: Of course. Of course. I'm sure we'll come up with a really cool topic and we'll just run with it, you know, and of course we'll see you on the telegram chat and all that other stuff. It's, it's been great. And I look forward to the next one.
1: Me too. Thank Thank you. you.
0: Thank you.